Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Candy 
axes up. Yes. Now, you know, I'm sure maybe for those who are listening to this, you would be wondering why Pastor Seth is talking about some crazy show, but actually, this story is a true one. And, oh my goodness gracious, you know, Candy ends up really acting up Betty in real life. And she commences to, you know, acting as though nothing's happened. Now, you do see that she's bothered. You do see that she's bothered. It's not like she wasn't bothered. She was bothered. But she just played this thing like, I mean, I'm not saying she shouldn't have turned herself in, but maybe she shouldn't have turned herself in because, you know, she didn't do a good job of hiding it 100%. You know, as she was talking to the, you know, the, the sheriff and the detective, the whoever was covering this question and answer period about the death of Betty. You know, she rambled on and, excuse me, told the story, and all of her ducks seemed to be in a row a little too much. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do? Are you going to pretend to play this game, or are you going to turn yourself in? Well, she does. And, you know, they do have the funeral for, you know, Betty, and, you know, she does attend with her husband, and... It's, it's, it's been interesting. <laughs> you know, this has been four, four episodes in this miniseries. And it's, it's just been real interesting to watch as this is a true story of, you know, two church families who are really destroyed at this point. You know, they were destroyed, honestly, when Alan and Dead Unk. Candy decided to have this affair because generally when we do things, especially when we plan sin, we don't generally plan, you know, for the destruction. We're looking at the right now, and that's what what we've been seeing. You know, they were looking at the right now. You know what anticipated that Alan and, and Betty would try to get their relationship back together, as much as they plan to not take risks, as much as they plan not to hurt anybody, you know, they've done this successfully, because last week we saw that, you know, Pat, who's candy husband, found out about the relationship, uh, the extramarital affair, I should say, and, you know, although they seem to be okay. You know, in you know, in reality they're not. And now the the uh, the murder has taken place. Not even, you know, trying to break it down so just made murder and manslaughter and it's listen, it's a murder as far as I'm concerned. You you cut her up and you know, you left her to die, you left her there well she was dead when you left and you left her baby there, uh for quite some time, so, you know, whether you left her there panic stricken or you left her in some type of a calm manner, you left the baby there, and these days and times, they probably would get you for, you know, the endangerment of a child as well, you know, back then in the 80s, you know, all that stuff, you know, they weren't padding uh, charges like they do now, and, you know, just taking a 
real consideration of our own sins, you know, and, and what we do and how we plan to commit sin. You know, yes, 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 we plan to commit sin when we've gone before the Lord and ask God to forgive us and we're not going to do it no more. And in all honesty, that was the, the commitment was made with your mouth, but the commitment was not really made in your heart. And your mind, you knew that, you know, you were not going to stay out of danger's way. You were going to keep going and going and going into these, you know, danger zones. And you were not going to start willing to do the same thing as that they did. Same thing. You know, we can slice this pie any way we want to, but it's the same thing. And this, you know, my, my prayer is that all the stuff that we've talked about, you know, Pastor just said last week, you know, the juicy part. All the stuff that we've spoken about, my prayer is that we get the message. You know, sometimes you become detached, detached from reality because you look, you're looking at two, you know, married couples and all the problems that they have, and you know that's not you, and you wouldn't do that, and you wouldn't do this, and but yet in reality, how many times have we done it? How many times have we murdered our brother, the heart? Because the Bible tells us that, you know, if you hate your brother, that's equivalent to murdering them. And I remember we said this in church one day, and my mother had a real hard time with this. She was like, I don't understand how the world, so you tell me, you, you know, you murdering somebody if, you know, if you, if, if you ain't killed them. <laughs> that's the way, you know, that was her verbalization of it, but that's our mental you know, capacity. That that's the way we think about it. You know, I didn't put my hand on you, I didn't touch you, I didn't, you know, stab you, I didn't shoot you, I didn't strangle you. You know, yeah, we look at it like that. But in reality, you know, we've gossip the way these people on this show have gossip. Have we been that friend who has sat by and let someone just tell us this all the teeth? And we never said anything. You know, we, we, we didn't, you know, they did the tea of their own life. And we just sat and listened. And, you know, our purpose said, I just let them get it out. And you didn't say anything. There was no counsel given. But, you know, they didn't want to hear it. They weren't ready to hear that. I'm sorry. God sent them to you for a reason. This was not so that you could, you know, just all that in the conversation and just be, you know, a dead weight in God's kingdom. So this has been a real interesting, you know, uh, viewing of the, you know, series uh, Love and Death. And I think we need to watch this with a different set of eyes with a different set of ears because this, these were devout churchgoers. Now, my question to you, are you the churchgoer? Uh, you know, I call them the, 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 the deep fillers. Or are you really there for God to change your life? Are you just going to church just to be going? Or are you going to church to let God make a difference in your life. Well, I got a bit of are you going to church? Because the Bible tells us to take that to your temple. 
So, are you even going? It comes by hearing. You hear me by the word of God. You cannot watch church. You cannot listen to church. And it makes a difference in your life that it it's supposed to make. So, you know, this, this series has really, really brought up a lot of good points. It's really challenged, or as you're hearing about it, or as you're watching it, should challenge you and make you go to God and ask, am I living a righteous life? Am I even on the right track? Are you asking yourself the question? Do you know the word of God, but you're not following it? Are you hearing the word of God, but it's not permeating your life? Are you walking the walk that God is intending and has planned for you to walk? God has not given you for you to do nothing with. My grandmother used to say, are you sitting on the seat of do nothing? <laughs> She to always say that. Are you sitting in the seat of do nothing? What are you doing with the word of God that you are receiving? Because, you know, it's interesting to watch these people. They're in church every single week. Oh, they're there. They have built a big old church building. and Oh, they, they're there. What? What are they doing with what they get? And that should be your question every day. God, you're blessing me by investing in me. But what am I doing with what you're giving me? Am I sitting in the seat of do nothing? That's the question for the day. Are you doing nothing with what? God is giving you every day. Because God, as long as God has you on this earth, He is giving you something every day. What are you doing with it? Because if you look at what we're looking at week by week, these people are there, but they're sitting in the seat of do nothing. I remember the episode where they had just got finished building this, erecting this beautiful edifice. And the pastor was concerned about nobody being there. Well, my thing was, the bigger concern was the ones that sitting up in it. What are they doing? Now, they're worried about the ones that are not there. But what are, what are the ones that are there doing? Are they even blessing God with what they've been given if you're doing nothing with what God has given you boy you're in a whole lot more trouble than you think if you think it's acceptable to do nothing with what God is giving you boy you got a whole lot of questions to answer and it ain't this one because I'm not God I'm only here to challenge you God is using pastor staff to challenge you. Are you 
sitting in the seat of do nothing. All the preaching you do, all the the, the, the listening to your church music, all the looking at TV and you're listening to the sermons on TV is nothing. When you're doing nothing, when you're not following what God is giving you, and he has given you. So come on, come on, come on. Let's wake up this morning. Let's, let, let, let us look in the mirror and really see who God is seeing. See, we don't, we, we don't want to look through our own eyes because that's always jaded. Because I hear tons of people say, I'm not that bad. I'm not a bad person. Well... Is God saying? Is God saying that? Could God say you're not a bad person? Because remember, His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's not up to us to assess us based on us or based on man. You have an entire Word of God to assess yourself by, and if you hear this and it means nothing to you, then already you're on the wrong path. If what is being said right now, you can sit there and look around and say to yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Something is wrong because it should immediately send you. Anytime you hear this challenge, not just from pastors, just from anybody. We hear every day, five days a week, you're getting a challenge every day if you listen. If you hear a challenge come from a pamphlet, a tract, someone spewing out a verse, and it doesn't make you say to yourself, let me go to God and see if I'm fit for the kingdom of God. Am I operating properly as a man of God, woman of God, in the kingdom of God. God, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? God, am I in right standing with you? God, am I seeing you the way you're seeing me? If that question never comes to you, and if it does, and, and, and you end up right where you were, and there are no changes. I'm not talking about no itty-bitty, teeny-weeny changes. Because I'm going to tell you something. You don't know when your last moment is. So that itty-bitty, itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, yeah, that, that ain't good enough for God. I'm sorry. It's not. She's given. Much is required. Much. Ah, much don't sound like itsy bitsy teeny weeny the second Because when you go to school, you will have to pass that test or you will fail. You will fail. They're going to fail you. And it's amazing how we go to school and we put all of our energy into school. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's all right for me to take. I'm getting better. I'm doing a little better. Oh, would that professor accept that? Chances are no. Because they're, they're waiting you on more than 50, 50, 50, 50. 
So why shouldn't God? I'm going to leave you there right now. I know that I've gone long past my opening time, and Vivian is probably waiting eagerly to get on in here. Ah, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's these time to step out. Success is on. And whatever you do, go nowhere because we'll be right back. I was diagnosed with PTSD. I got out and was sort of on my own. Since 2003, more than 103,000 service members have been diagnosed with PTSD. Hope for the Warriors focuses not on what happened, but what happens next. Don't let them be forgotten. You can help restore hope to our military families. My wife and my son are affected by combat, too. Visit HopeForTheWarriors.org today. People know that they can turn to them and trust them. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. We are in the middle of the week. Look how blessed we are to have made it thus far. God has been so gracious to wake us up today and introduce us into a brand new day. Ah, I'm glad. I hope you all. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, giving God thanks for wonderful blessings, seen and unseen. And uh, let me turn you over to our girlfriend, Vivian. Let's see what Vivian's got to talk about this morning. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well. Thank you. I'm well. I am well. I woke up. Extremely sore and tired, but I'm giving God thanks today, Viv. And uh, I'm glad to hear your voice. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Before we go any further, you weren't on with us Monday when we spoke about our weekend at the Love Thrives Community Conference out in Hyattsville, Maryland, on Friday and Saturday. And I was complimenting um, the crew for the job that they did. And I wanted to say to you directly, openly, and publicly that it was a joy and a pleasure to watch you on uh, this week, this past weekend. Uh, You flowed really, really, really well. I was so proud of you. You know, Shanti's had Thank her you. elevation. So you're welcome. She, you know, she could not join us behind the camera or in front of the camera, rather. And um, you had to step up to the plate and, 
You know, we had to split all those interviews and conversations alone, just you and I. And I have to say, watching you, even now, I'm getting a little teary-eyed, I was very proud of you. You were, you really, you really shined Vivian. You know, everybody knows that we're unscripted. You're welcome. And, you know, you're talking to different people. You know, you're here, you know, in an atmosphere we've never been in before, but you would have never known you weren't a seasoned, seasoned, I don't know, interviewer. I don't know what they call them, but... You know, I just really want everyone to know that, you know, you're not just Vivian, the socially conscious Wednesday, Wow Wednesday correspondent. You you have really, really blossomed and bloomed into such a butterfly. You really soared on an eagle as an eagle on Friday and Saturday, and I really I was so proud of you. Be proud of yourself. You have really, really taken off. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now that all that's been said, my dear, what you got for us today? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with some news for our New York listeners. So tolls may be going up yet again. New York City says, in an attempt to decrease traffic, clean the air, and encourage New Yorkers to ride the subway, New York City has received the green light for the congestion pricing plan. The program could begin as soon as the spring of 2024, where the city will charge more tolls in the most visited parts of the city. So drivers could be charged as much as $23 a day to enter Manhattan south of 60th Street, with the exact amount still to be decided by the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. They're saying that this new toll program is expected to generate another $1 billion yearly, which would be used to finance borrowing to upgrade the subway, bus, and commuter rail systems operated by the MTA. Excuse me. So we've been talking a lot about the MTA lately and the fare hikes and the low ridership since the the pandemic and all that good stuff. So here they're coming up with a new plan to help with all of that. And I think it's a pretty decent plan because if you've ever driven in the city, then you know that it's most likely more uh, beneficial for you to just hop, park your car and hop on that subway. So it may be a good plan, but now they just need to figure out what they're going to do for the riders and their safety when they do hop on these trains and other railroad systems. And while we are in the topic of New York, I thought I would come up with our next story, which is some good news for New Yorkers. So they're saying that New York legislation has introduced a bill which saves New Yorkers from having to pay broker's fees when apartment hunting. The bill is named the FAIR Act, which stands for the Fairness in Apartment Rental Act. They are saying currently most landlords who bring a broker in 
make the incoming tenant pay broker's fee. They say New York City and San Francisco are the only cities in this country where this still exists. And not oddly enough, those are the two cities who have the worst housing crisis across the country. So with this new bill, landlords who bring in brokers will have to pay their own broker's fee. No longer will the incoming tenant have to pay the broker's fee if this bill is passed. So as of right now, the bill has 10 council members' signatures for the bill, and they need 16 more for the bill to be passed. So they are going to be working on getting this bill passed throughout the summer, and hopefully it will be passed because New York is already expensive, rent is high, Apartments are small, so this would definitely make sense to give renters a break. Next, we have been talking a lot about children and gun violence. Um, and fortunately, out in Atlanta, they have come up with what they are calling Operation Heat Wave. They say this is actually the second summer of this operation being put in place, and it is meant to crack down on guns gangs, and drugs. Part of that operation is a citywide curfew. The city's curfew for kids under 16 is 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. It is actually an hour later on weekends for the kids of the age group. Officers will also be doubling down on patrolmen in neighborhoods where crime is high, They are also holding parents responsible for their children breaking curfew. They said last year parents were fined $1,000 and could face up to 90 days in prison if their child was caught breaking curfew. This year they have been discussing changing that um, consequence for parents and they're pushing more for um, their first offense, they would receive a citation, and on the second offense, they would have to attend mandatory parenting classes that both that themselves and their child would have to attend. So they have been asking parents to make sure you know where your children are at all times. They say after last year's operation, they saw a 29% decrease in homicides, a 26% decrease in persons shot, and 14% decrease in robberies. Lastly, they are warning families that gangs are getting creative with the way that they are attracting, gathering, and or finding new members. Some of the ways that they have decided to go about this is by hosting family-friendly events like barbecues and block parties as a rule to attract new members to their gangs. So again, make sure you know where your children are at all times. Do your best to get them into some positive activities throughout the summer now that school is out because they are saying that they are making sure that if your child is caught being a part of any crime this summer, that they are going to go to the highest extent of the law when when or if your child is arrested. So they're not playing games this time around out in Atlanta. 
They're really trying to crack down on crime and gun violence. So even if you're not in Atlanta, make sure you know where your kids are. You know, do your best to keep them in some positive activities and help the police out. There's only but so much that they can do. Next, we have another one of those stand your ground stories where a man out in Florida will not be facing any charges after he opened fire on the pool boy that they hired. He says that he thought that he was an intruder. The crazy thing is that the man was hired by the homeowners to clean their pool and had been working for them for around six months to a year. So they're saying that the victim had been busy with other appointments and showed up at their home later than expected. Deputies said the pool cleaner did not notify the homeowners that he was coming that late. Um, One of the homeowners said she was in the family room when she saw the man. She did not recognize through the sliding glass door. She locked the door and then went and told her husband that a random person was on their property. The woman um, went to call 911, and her husband went to grab his AR-15 rifle from their bedroom closet and fired shots at the victim who was on their pool deck with a flashlight. The pool boy was not critically injured, even though the homeowner is said to have fired a total of 30 rounds in 90 seconds. Again, the homeowner will not be facing any charges thanks to the Stand Your Ground law. So that is definitely a crazy story. Even if he came a little bit later than expected, you are still expecting him. So I'm not understanding that. But, again, hopefully these types of stories will get them to start thinking about the Stand Your Ground law. And if not, getting rid of it completely, hopefully making some changes to this. But I guess we'll see what happens with that. Lastly, we have an air quality alert for New York City. They say smoke from wildfires out in Canada is once again expected to impact air quality across the region this week. Um, They're saying that air quality is expected to reach unhealthy levels and that the Department of Environmental Conservation has issued air quality health advisories for western and central New York. So last time we were all oblivious. (laughs) Nobody understood what was going on. Nobody even really noticed until it started hitting our nose. So I just thought that I would prepare us, prepare our listeners this time around. There is going to be an air quality alert starting today, just so you are aware. But now for our wow story of the week, and it is a listener-submitted story. So by now, you have probably heard of the story of Clarissa Hood and her 14-year-old son. But for those who have not, there is a viral video that has hit social media of Miss Hood getting into an argument with another customer at a store when the customer decided to assault her. He So she then texts, before the assault, she happened to text her 14-year-old son who was waiting for her in the car at, in the parking lot of the restaurant. He came in with a gun, shot the assaulter who was 32-year-old Jeremy Brown. Witnesses as well as videos show that the son was um, able to shoot him. He shot him in the back. 
Mr. Brown was able to run out of the store where the 14-year-old son, who has not been named due to his age, and the mom followed Mr. Brown, where she convinced her son to continue shooting at him and kill him. They're saying that she also encouraged her 14-year-old son, after shooting and killing Mr. Brown, to turn the gun onto a witness who was laughing at her during the altercation and asking her son to shoot the witness as well. They say that she tried to take the the gun from her son's hands, but he pushed her away and held onto the gun. They were seen getting into their car after the incident, and now both mother and son are in custody and are facing murder charges. So we have heard stories of the women calling their boyfriends or their brothers or their fathers. So this one is a little bit different as she called on her 14-year-old son to be a murderer on her behalf. And now both of them are sitting up in jail facing murder charges. So definitely a sad story. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Wow, wow. These stories are something else. Oh, thank you so much for these, you know, for this information. Uh, as I always ask, I think I got it all. I don't know. I was struggling this morning, so I may not have anything, but please hang around as long as you can so you can answer any questions that we may have. Well, too. All righty. Have a blessed one. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh-wee. I don't know. There's some eyes and stuff going on this morning. Let's say good morning to our Elder Night Tisha. Good morning, Elder Night Tisha. Good morning. Good morning. So glad to be on with you and our listeners today and our sisters. I'm glad to have you on as well. How are you today? Are you doing well? I am hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. All righty. All righty. Giving God thanks that you're on with us. All right. Vivian started with the tolls may be going up. Uh, Interestingly enough, in an attempt to decrease traffic and to drive everyone to the subways and the buses and I guess, you know, maybe some taxis. Uh, they're talking about going up to $23 a day to enter parts of the city. And this will hopefully bring in a billion dollars yearly that they can throw back into the subway and the bus and MTA. And uh, what's your thought? Hmm. I, I mean, I think it's a catch-22, right? Like, we've suffered as a result of COVID. And so businesses have closed. The economy is still 
not where it needs to be. People are still struggling uh, economically. And so then to just make it harder by increasing the toll doesn't seem like the timing is right. I do uh, understand and appreciate being environmentally conscious. I think we've done a poor job with um, maintaining, you know, our, our world, if you would, and, um, you know, but can we really trust what they say? <laughs> can we really trust that this is really about the environment, you know, more than mm-hmm. it is about, again, just taxing the people mm-hmm. in order to cover the cost of per se these asylum seekers like and it's unfortunate right that we have to go to those places and that our mind have to go to those places but the timing when we look at the timing of things we have this all of these new you know ideas are coming up with in order to house these people and now all of a sudden there is a, a toll increase and we say well we'll, we'll tack on an environmentally conscious uh statement about it uh, we uh, can we really trust it? It's unfortunate. Mm, wow, wow! I have to say, I had my thoughts, but I got to tell you, I didn't think about that one. I did that went mm. well past my thought process. But I got to tell you, now that is mentioned, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> big possibility. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mm-hmm. when you said I was like, wow. Oh, man, you could be on to something. Let's see if the ladies are thinking like you, because I got my own thought. But let's see what mm-hmm. our girl, Lady Tamika, who has now changed her Facebook page, because I was wondering how long it was going to take, by the way. But uh, she is no longer Tamika Evans-Jones on Facebook, y'all. She's now Tamika Bino. Wow. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Wow. What kind of world do we live in? How is everybody this morning? <laughs> well, thank you. How are you? I am doing wonderful. <laughs> I hear the smile going on. Do you hear the smile? I hear the smile. I'm doing wonderful. We ain't never heard that wonderful mm-hmm. before. That's a, so that's, that's a great thing. <laughs> that's honeymoon. That's honeymoon talk. That's honeymoon. That's right, child. That's right. Mm. All right, now. So keep on smiling as they charge you uh, $26, $23 to be coughing over into New York City. Are you still going to be smiling? Yeah, that, that that's kind of rough. You know, I, I remember, you know, just traveling back and forth. You know, if you're riding a train, you know, it's one thing. You know, um, also, everything has changed. The dynamic of, of travel, you know, I, you used to be able to literally sit and close your eyes or be able to read. You know, now i got to look up every two seconds. I can't even get to the end of the chapter because I had to look up and see what's going on. You know, the, the dynamic changes as you go. You used to be able to predict. Um, you know, when you ride the train from this area to this area, you see this, this set of people. And then from this area to that area, you know, so much has changed. And so now you're saying to me, okay, we're going to charge you more for riding, uh, for driving my vehicle, you know, and for some people, you know, after the pandemic, they're not feeling safe. And so if I got to pay an extra such and such, you know, I'm not going to like it. However, 
I, I'm, I'm concerned more of my safety, you know. And so then my concern is, okay, fine, you, you up the ante on that. We're still waiting because we also recognize that the train is not going to be one of those things that's alleviated. It's going to go up as well. And so now, you know, I, I, I chime in with, with Elder Natisha, whoa, so where's this money going? Mm, it's, not, it's definitely not going in our pocket, you know, and for those that are homeless that have been here, it's not going to them. So what's left? Hmm, let's think about that one. Mm, all right now. All right. Food for thought. Food for thought. Uh, we are so blessed to have back our Minister Michelle, who's been on a sick leave unpaid by Good morning, Minister Michelle. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Glad that God has you know, giving you some healing, at least enough healing to be back on with us. So we're oh, grateful definitely. to have you back. How definitely, are you? definitely. I'm doing good. Satan tried it, but he's a liar. I'm still here. <laughs> amen, amen, and amen, amen. All right. Yeah. I hope you didn't have to drive <laughs> to the city or take the train. To get to that well, doctor's no, appointment. Well, I live in the city, so. <laughs> All right. So thank God for that. All right. So they've got this potential $23 uh, fee to drive into the city, to certain points of the city. And uh, they say it's, you know, to help with the, you know, air quality and, you know, they want to drive people the public transportation. What's your thought? <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I'm just skeptical of everything that goes on with this city because we've been told so many things that do not manifest the way they say it's going to. So I've added this to that collection of things. Um, I'm fortunate <laughs> I do live in the city, you know, but I feel for the people that have to drive in for work, you know, it's taxing the working people. You know, because I'm sorry, the rich people, mostly they live here, or if they don't, it's no big deal for them, but it's the working class person that's getting taxed. And, you know, a lot of them are barely hanging on with what they're doing now with what the bills that they have to pay from, what happened with COVID and all these different things. You know, people are struggling to get back to a place and to put this extra on people that have to come in, drive in, I don't think it's fair. Now, they say it's going to go for the trains and all this, and they try to make it so that people go on the trains. Well, I echo everybody's thoughts. It's not safe on these trains. I don't care how much they keep saying they're putting the police in there more and so forth and so forth. I believe that if they keep consistently doing these certain things, yes, the trains will get better. But right now at this point, it's unsafe there. I'm telling you guys, I would not get on the train right now at all, especially with the fact that I have to use a cane while I'm dealing with my legs. I feel like I would be completely victimized because they're looking for the weak, so I don't even want to go near a train. So, and if I feel that way, I'm sure people feel that way as well. You know, I feel for people, you know, but I just don't trust 
anything that's coming out of their mouth, if it's true and the monies will go like they say, well, kudos. But I just don't know. I really don't know. And I just, Lord, I just don't have faith in them. <laughs> well, excuse me. I actually agree with all of you. Um, my my quick thought, the first thing I said to myself was, you going to charge me to go into the city so you can drive me to use the subway that's not safe? So you trying to kill me? You you need to fix that first before you can even talk about, even if this is true, you know, because I'm like, well, how do we know where the money's going to go? We ain't got no proof. Um, I, so I thought the same way all of you thought. Like, well, we ain't seeing where the dollar's going. We, you know, this is what you're telling us. But even if this was, you know, if this was the real plan, then my thing is you can't send me to something that's broken. You can drive me to something that's broken. broken. So you can send me into the lion's den? Well, what is that? You need to fix that first, make that safe, and then talk about sending me there. Too many people have already been harmed in, in the subway system. Mm-hmm. No, I guess I was going to the city. So, so what's going to happen now? People are not going to go into the city. I mean, people have to go into the city anyway. So you're talking about the economy is suffering. Well, what happens? Well, one of the reasons why the economy is suffering is because people don't go to the city also as much as they used to go. So, oh, well, it is a catch-22 situation. I agree with all of you. All right now. So you've got this fair act, quote unquote, where the New York legislation, excuse me, are trying to save the tenant the fee of the broker. And now we'll give it to the fee of the landlord. What do you think? Tamika, uh, do you think it's fair to make the landlord now pay and not the tenant who's seeking this apartment or this home? <laughs> Excuse me. I, I think that here we go again with, with, with a catch, you know, um, and it can be complicated for a landlord who's just trying to get someone who is on the up and up, you know, um, Nowadays, because of everything that's going on, you know, um, a lot of um, landlords and landlords are getting um, Section 8 people um, or, or those who um, have uh, assistance through Section 8. Um, and I'm not saying that they are all bad. However, sometimes that's their only recourse, you know, and it, it's very difficult. You know, it, it, it's almost as if, you know, for the for the home for the person who's looking for a place to live, you know, at one point they were getting a slap on the hand because you know I'm looking for a place, and in the middle of all of that, I have to pay a brokerage fee. You know, well, it's not it's not so much easier on the landlord who's looking for someone, you know, who's going to take care of the place, you know, who's going to do what they need to do to ensure, you know, if there's an issue with the home, you're going to get in contact with the landlord, not, you know, cause the, the place that you're, you're trying to get um, inhabited to be more damaged. So it's very difficult on both sides. Okay, okay. Minister Michelle, what do you think? Should the landlord eat the feet or the tenant eat the feet? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, 
I understand both sides of the coin, too, that, you know, if I had property and I wanted people to move in, you do want the best tenant that you could possibly get um, in there. But then you have a good person that you, they're working people, you know. Sometimes they can't come up with that big fee, but yet they would be great tenants. So, you know, you see both sides of the coin. So I don't know. I thought maybe it would be good maybe if they, if it was a compromise that maybe they would have the fee, like the, the landlord would pay half and then the tenant that's trying to come in pay half as well so that, you know, it's not a heavy burden on both sides of the coin. So I don't know um, if it's going to work out with the landlord just paying the fees. I, I don't know how that's going to work out, to be quite honest. But I know for a lot of tenants, it's a struggle for them to have to come up with that those high amounts. You know, sometimes the apartment is $2,000 a month. They give you on a month's rent, a month's security, and then the broker's fee. And that you're talking sometimes almost six grand to move in a place. And that's for a lot of people is a lot of money to come up with if, you know, right off the cuff, unless, you know, they've been saving, saving, saving. And as we know, you know, the average person is living paycheck to paycheck. So you don't know, you know, how this is going to work. I don't know. You know, maybe it's another way that the folks can weed out the tenants, you know, to find out who's good. It's just really a touchy situation, and I feel for both sides of the coin here. I feel for them both. So maybe we'll see how it works out, you know, because I don't see it being uh, uh, the greatest solution either. So we just have to wait and see. All right, all right. Elder Natisha, who should eat this fee? The landlord. The landlord eats the fee. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of, of of renting out of renting out my home. No, really, the, the landlord is the one who eats it. When you put it on a tenant, really, what that is, it's a loophole. What you've done is you need someone to occupy your space. The truth is, as much as the tenant needs a place to live, the landlord needs someone to occupy that space. I'm ready to move to Chicago. I need someone to move into this house to, so that I don't have to continue to pay the high mortgage and, and everything that goes along with maintaining this house. So I pay, or I am paying, my realtor one to make sure that we have a stringent uh, process, an application process, so that we're able to make sure that someone who's coming into my home is going to take care of it, right, like to the best of our ability. That is why I'm paying that realtor. I am paying the realtor to go out there and find me a good tenant. When a landlord says, no, okay, I'm going to pay you to find a good tenant, but then we're going we're gonna to trick them because they need a place to live. And now if you want to move in here, now you're going to have to cover this fee. That, that's taking advantage of the tenant. And it's not until I wouldn't have probably thought about it this way, except that I now am a landlord of two properties. And so because of it, I now see it for what it really is, understanding the business. It's a loophole. You're taking advantage of the need of a person who is looking for a place to live when the truth is you also need a person to occupy 
this this space. Other than that, you are losing money on a monthly basis. Every time an apartment or any place that's vacant is allowed to be vacant, you are losing money. The landlord is losing money every month. That is why we're paying, and that's why the landlord eats the fee. Um, all right. I laughed because it was just so direct and the way you said it. I Because the other ladies came in, well, you know, like, landlord. Um, <clears throat> as, a, as a landlord for 28 years, I honestly have to say it's, it should be us as a landlord. I, I, I happen to agree. I think, you know, I don't need a person coming into my home already handicapped because they didn't just emptied out every bit of their savings for rent, one month, one month, and then a fee. I, I honestly believe that the, the biggest risk is finding a bad tenant more than it is finding a bad landlord. I think the bigger mm-hmm. risk is finding people out there who are going to take care of your place, who has a good history, and they just need a place to live, maybe because their lease is up and their rent went up and, you know, or now, now they need to relocate or whatever the situation is. I think I would rather pay for you to weed out, and if you make that process stringent enough, you will always, that's part of weeding out the bad ones because, See, you know, sometimes even with money, even if they have it, that's not going to say that they're a good tenant. And mm-hmm. so uh, that, that's, that's, that's part of my thought. I'm like, okay, so if, even if they pay it and, and mama helps them because she wants them out of her house, <laughs> so she'll put up the fee for the broker's part, <laughs> are they good? I'm being honest because, man, you, they, there can be some nightmares. So I honestly believe that as much as it would be nice to, you know, let them pay it, I think, you know, it's 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 the onus should be on us as a landlord to, you know, help them out. And I think even on a Christian moral level, I, I, I think mm. I'm trying to provide you a good place to live. I'm going to make sure that this place is, you know, an, a, a good uh, safe and, you know, somewhere where you're going to be able to rest at night, you know, and and be comfortable. And I think that's all part of that process of not stressing you out before you get here. Because what happens is if you tap into the last of your dollars and you have no emergency fund, now I'm not saying that they're going to keep it as an emergency fund, but I need to throw, if I'm tapping into everything I got now, as a landlord, God forbid something go wrong. Now here you go, uh, you know, Miss, you know, Miss Steph or Miss Griffin or, you know, oh, here we go. You got problems paying rent, <laughs> and it happens for many reasons that you may have problems paying rent. But I need you to try to keep a little emergency fund, and if I can possibly help you do that by keeping that broker's fee out of your pocket then I think I'm benefiting both sides. I'm helping you get into a place that I'm going to care for you because you do have those, te- those landlords who can care less. All they want is your money. 
God forbid something mm-hmm. breaks down or whatever. They're like, I'm sorry, I you I ain't got you know, I'm I'm tight like you are. You know, I you ain't a nightmares from the you know, of, from the tenant side as well. So I think, you know, when you look at it as, you know what, let me be a blessing. Yeah, you know, I I I need to put out the extra money. And and I, I that that's where I stand um there as well. Um now you've got this Operation Heat Wave in Atlanta. And if I can remember correctly, Vivian told us about this last year. So I'm happy to hear that, you know, she's reporting a year later for their second summer that the the crime rate has dropped. Well, it's for um it's regarding guns, gangs and um curfew, I think she said the curfew is for anyone under 16. I may have that wrong because that's probably where I got kind of glitched up. But here's my thing. They're holding the, uh, the parents responsible for the children who break the curfew. If I can remember correctly, she said something like $1,000 fine and up to 90 days in jail. And if, you know, now they may amend it a little bit where you pay, you know, you get like a citation or whatever. But um, they're really trying to crack down on a lot of the activity or even the harm that's done to, you know, younger children, you know, in the melee of this madness. Um, I don't know, Minister Michelle, you know, what do you think of this, you know, Operation Heat Wave where they're driving people into young people into the home and it's actually successfully brought down some of the crime stats. Right. I think can you can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, I was gonna say I think that that was a, a great idea that Atlanta has instituted and because when you look at it, I'm thinking about a sixteen years and under children. What are they really doing hanging out in the streets after eleven o'clock and all that? Personally you know, I grew up when the street lights come on, you better have your butt in the house, basically. You know, but of course that has changed mm-hmm. now. But this is a good thing. And you need to know where your children are. You know, the remember the commercial that comes on is 9 o'clock, do you know where your children are? Mm-hmm. This is a good thing because right. you do need to know where your little youngins are. Yes, they want to hang out, but, you know, you're the parent, so you need to be in control of that. And, you know, parents need to step up and say, no, 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 your behind is not going out there. You will be in this house. And all the parents that adhere to that, they will be able to keep their children safe. They won't be seeing them as uh, victims and all these different things that happen when children are out there after a particular time at night. So I think that this is a great thing. A lot of um, states need to start instituting this type of thing. It won't cure everything, but it will help a lot to keep a lot of the young kids off the streets and getting into a whole lot of things. And as far as the penalty is concerned, paying that $1,000, well, I understand they want to switch it to a little bit to citations, but I still say that they still need to attach a little bit of money to it because citations, people tend to like, oh, it's a citation, no big deal. But I still say put a little money, maybe it don't have to be $1,000, but put something to it because when people have to come out their pockets with money, it makes them think a little bit more like, uh, I'm trying to pay that again. So they need to attach a little bit of money to it, and then they can do the parenting classes and what have you. But keep the money on there as well. But I'm glad to hear that it has gone so well. It's a good thing. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Elder Matisha, keep them in the house. Yep, I love it. I love it. I think that I hear accountability, accountability, accountability. Um, I think, you know, it's going to really um, reduce the hot girl and hot boy summer. <laughs> um, you'll be outside till 11 o'clock. <laughs> so I do. I think... I think it's a I think it's a great idea and I love that the parents are being held accountable by receiving these um citations of like a thousand dollars or whatever. I think it it's 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 important and y'all pray that they do this in Chicago because Chicago be wilding and I'm and I, that's where I gotta live now. Yep. <laughs> y'all pray yeah. Chicago. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Excuse me. Uh, Lady Tamika. Well, it's about time, you know, that somebody held somebody accountable. We have seen too many incidences for uh, youth who have nothing to do uh, and just decide to get into mischief, you know, either doing something crazy like, you know, setting off firecrackers in a mall or, you know, causing some type of calamity. <laughs> You're throwing things from a bridge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not talking about specifically Georgia, but, you know, we've seen and we've heard just on this broadcast alone people doing things, you know, setting off firecrackers in a mall, uh, throwing some type of hard item off the top of a bridge, hitting somebody's car and taking a life. You know, uh, something else that, you know, oh, well, let's let's go over there and start a fire, you know. And, you know, we've seen time and time again, you know, I, I, I again also feel that, you know, okay, fine. You know, we have often talked about hitting a parent in the pocket because your children are doing something. It causes you now to make sure, I always use little Johnny, make sure little Johnny is doing what he's supposed to do, being where he's supposed to be, you know, and making sure that you are following up. You know, if, if little Johnny's going out with his friends, I'm calling. Hey, you know, did you make it such and such place? Call, what's, what's their mother's name? You know, uh, it, it takes us back to back in the day when mom said, where are you going? What time are you going? What time are you coming back? Who are you going with? How many people are there? You know, those type of things. It causes you now to start asking yep. questions and getting mm-hmm. legitimate answers. Yep. Because when you yep. send your child out mm-hmm. to College Park, now I'm speaking because I used to live in Georgia. College Park is not a good place that you want to hang. They call mm-hmm. it College Park. They don't even <laughs> pronounce it. It's just that bad. But, you know, um, mm-hmm. you just don't want to just send your children out and not be following up, not concerning, you know. Right. So you're so busy about your life, not even concerned that you may not see your child later on that evening. We just finished talking about a child who was shot in Virginia. So Georgia's not that far. And, I mean, how much off the how, how, you know, how easy it is for a child to end, for a child's life to be ended because you didn't follow up. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as Bruce Willis said, yippee-ki-yay! I say the reason why the crime rate is down is because the $1,000 fine. Because I would be wanting my three. You better be up in here because if I got to eat a fine, you're going to be eating a whole lot of something else. Yeah, that's why, that's why the crime rate is down. Because mama on this side of the thing ain't going to be playing. 
$1,000 and I'm trying to pay rent? I don't think so. You won't be eating. If I got to eat that feed, you won't eat. We're going to make this nice and simple. You're going to be hungry. You're going to eat some cereal. It's going to be your meal because that's all I can afford after the $1,000 fine. That's why the crime rate is down, because of the fine. I agree 100% with all of you ladies. I do believe that, no, I don't, I, I, I agree with you, Minister Michelle. Don't, don't put, don't put fine. Listen, it's working. Don't, don't fix mm-hmm. what's working. Oh, don't, 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 don't do that. Do not change that citation. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and, or make it a citation only because it's not going to work. You're going to see your crime rate go up because mama going to be sleeping and forget that, you know, JoJo is not in the house by 9 o'clock. Mama ain't sleeping at a $1,000 fine because at 830, <laughs> she calling that cell phone. Oh, excuse me, how far are you? Because it's 830. You need to be in here. Once you start putting a citation with no fee, no, that's going in the opposite direction. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. You need to keep it where it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And leave things as it is. Um, I do like the fact that they, you know, talked about, you know, the gang, um, in the, you know, uh, attracting, you know, the, 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 the people by, you know, the new members with barbecues and block parties and things like that because also, you know, the, the freaks come out at night. When the lights go out and the sun goes down, that's when all the stuff really takes place. A lot of that stuff does not take place in the daytime. And, you know, if your kids are out there amongst a whole bunch of people, you don't know who they're commiserating with. So, you know what? I say enhance. Do not go backwards. Do, do what you do. And, and it's working. So now hopefully at 20-something percent, you know, God spares at the end of all of this, it'll be a higher percentage because times are getting harder. Times are not getting easier. So you're really going to – why would you back up off $1,000? Because that's the fear. That's the fear that you're going to have to eat that and possibly go to jail. So uh, mm-hmm. I'd rather eat the fear than go to jail. Sorry, I didn't have that experience. It don't work. It, nah, it's all right. And then I'm going to be in there for you? Oh, see, now we ain't up to eating cereal and toast. I don't know what you're going to be eating after that. <laughs> I got to go to jail for you. Oh, no. No, no. That ain't going to work. So I agree with all of you ladies. Let's make sure that we do what we need to do. And, yes, Elder Night Teacher, I have been praying for you um, with the Chicago move um, and, and hopefully for New York and all the other states, like, you know, one of the ladies said that this will be implemented. You know, let's do it all over the place because, you know, we've heard our New York stories of how many children. Mm. Who, who has their kids up tonight? You know, uh, um, uh, Lady Tamika always talks about the stories we've done. Who We've done stories where last, you know, it was like a, a baby got shot in a, in a stroller at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, who does that? See, this is why you need to implement stuff like that because a stupid mama is out there doing things like that. Take your baby inside, and ain't nobody got to worry about nothing. So, you know, yeah, yeah. For the parents and the children, mm-hmm. put them behind, behind the door at 9 o'clock. All righty. <laughs> We've got two wild stories today. 
you know, this stand your ground thing has gone way too far, oh, and we're really hoping that's the next prayer is that they just get rid of this, you know, or modify it. Let's let's not say get rid of it. Let's modify it because to me, too many things have been going on with this here, where you can't even recognize your own employee. He had been there for six months. You fired thirty rounds from your rifle. And thank God, yet again, we have another survivor of of this crazy shooting. You know, he's he's hired, you know, by the by the homeowners, not by a broker or somebody else, the homeowner. He's been on this site for several months. Excuse me, the wife tells her husband, you know, somebody's out there. She locks the door. You go take your rifle and you start shooting. You don't call out to say anything. You just start shooting. Uh, Elton, Natisha, what are we talking about here? I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what we're talking about here because I, I, it's it's a law that needs to be changed and it needs to be adjusted because I think by having this law in place, people are able to be reckless. They don't have to think. They don't have to use precaution. They don't have to second guess. They can just grab their weapon and begin to aim, shoot, and fire. And so there needs to be changed. It needs to be changed. And, 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 you know, we, we often, we've been crying out about this for a long time, right, because this has been something that has been definitely used for those who are racist to mm-hmm. be able to gun down um, people of color without any penalty. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but yeah. again, like, I think it just allows for people to be reckless, and it allows for people to just choose to say oh no what uh, did I shoot him oh he was on my property yeah. <laughs> like excuse me like I just, yeah it's it, 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 no. blissful ignorance right it's selective ignorance when when it's best served for us so something has to be done all righty lady Tamika what are we talking about here I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I, I am just so very tired of, it, it's the same song, you know, different lyrics, same song, you know, uh, just happening over and over. And it just feels like, you know, when do we get to the point where we're caring? We have seen youth die because he went to the wrong door, you know, or, you know, this, this man was doing his job, you know. Whether he came at 8 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock midnight, you didn't survey your own property. You know, you didn't, hey, this is my property. You know, uh, what are you doing? Excuse me, nothing. Because my thing is when you're firing 30 rounds, you didn't inquire. You shot first, you know, and then whatever happens. And I'm grateful to God that he didn't take this man's life. You know, because this is what happens, you know. Um, what happened to inquiring or not even shooting? Call the police. You know, what makes you think that you're on the inside of your property? What makes you think that, you know, you can just take a life like that, you know? And, you know, Elder Natisha is right. The, these things things happen because yeah. you feel like, oh, well, I have the authority. You, you usurp your authority 
by, you know, this stand your ground law. Anything anything goes. You playing music, I can shoot you. You mm-hmm. out there, you know, yep. cleaning the pool, yep. I can shoot you. You're, you ring the wrong yep. doorbell, I can shoot you. There's no legitimacy yep. to what it is. There's no reason. There's no rhyme. I just shoot you. And, and you know, in, in, in most cases, end a life. You know, I'm really, really grateful that this gentleman, um, you know, it had to be God. Mm-hmm. 30 rounds. Yeah. And my thing is, if you are a homeowner and that is the situation, what happens to a warning shot? You don't do that anymore? You know, shoot up in the air so that, you know, hey, this is my problem. At least you wake the person up. When you tell me that you shot 30 30 rounds, there was no questioning. There was no asking. There was no warning shot. There was not even a bang from the interior of the house to say, hey, somebody's in here. None of it. Uh -uh. Nope, not at all. Ah, uh, Minister Michelle. It's just insanity, and I am sick and tired of hearing it as well. It it makes me ill, to be quite honest, when I hear about it. And I really don't understand why we cannot pass a bill to get rid of those assault rifles. Why do homeowners need assault rifles that can do 30 rounds of ammunition yep. right out the gate. What wow. is the reason? Yep. There is no mm, reason. Mm, and, mm. It's like, and it's perpetuating Hello? to me these, I'm sorry, but a lot of these people and their racist attitudes and this attitude that um, uh, that entitlement that, you know, I got this rifle, I can stand my ground, I don't care who's coming on, they're going to get it. It's just perpetuating that way of thinking and unfortunately, it's our people that are getting the brunt of it. Because a lot of yep. times, you know, they don't want us in their neighborhoods a lot of times anyway with some of these situations. And mm-hmm. they have no respect and they do not care. And this is why they go around with these particular attitudes that they're entitled to do whatever. And then with, they go and hide behind that stand your ground and then the police and the whatever else, governments, governors and things there, they're not changing anything because who knows, a lot of them probably have that same stupid idea in their heads too. So, you know, mm-hmm. nothing is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is mm-hmm. changing. And I, it, it, it's sickening every time I hear about it. Like the, every time that, you know, what keeps standing out in my mind, the young woman, the mother that was killed by that woman, same stupid mess. She's claiming she's staying her ground or she was afraid of what it's It's just bad garbage, and I'm just tired of it. It's garbage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has to change. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I'm just in awe that this is just allowed to go on and on and on and on. And... I'm looking at this particular case. If you isolate this one particular case of a person who you hired, a person that's been on your ground, how many times? He didn't look familiar. The the, the, body, the shape of the body didn't look familiar. The way he turned his head didn't look familiar. You did, like like Lady Timmy say, you did not survey anything. Mm-hmm. You didn't stay down. Y'all locked it already. You got, listen, you got a pool that he's servicing. It's only his parameters for servicing the pool is limited. 
So if he was honestly there to do his job, he's only going to the shed to get whatever or wherever the, 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 the equipment is, or he's walking with it, or he's put it down. If it only took a matter of 60 seconds to watch what was going on from the inside, because if you got a pool, you got a glass <laughs> window or a door to look out. You got mm-hmm. that. You don't have a. You've never seen a pool with a with a a, a door that's encasing. You can't see through it ever. So you had an opportunity to survey exactly what was going on, and you did not. So you know what? This is just carte blanche, as you all have said. It's carte blanche to just pull out your gun and to shoot, and to think that you were allowed to shoot with a rifle as though you were hunting or doing whatever else they claim they do with these guns with a human life and, and, and just a shrug of the shoulder is horrendous and it is extremely scary. And thank God, like you all have said, that there was no life lost oh, here yeah. because enough is enough already. Enough is enough already. And the, the fact of the matter is if you're going to tell me that nobody else above the, these lawmakers can change this here, this, this, is, this is even more scary. This is even more scary. All righty now. We got time for one more before, pretty much, before um, our Faith Over Fear segment. Uh, Mama and her son. If y'all listen to me long <laughs> enough, I'm always talking about the mom's son. So I think uh, Vivian said this is Clarissa Hood. I don't know where this even took place. I don't even know if she said it, but the fact of the matter is we've heard this time and time and time again how you're in an argument, you call your man, you call your brother, you know, to, to help settle this um, situation, and you know if they were going to be on. Well, you now call your son from the parking lot or from the car who's 14 years old to handle them, and you follow to make sure and encourage him to kill. Shooting was not enough. Killing was the name of the game. And now you move on to say shoot the witness who was laughing at me when the altercation was going on. Lady Tamika. Talk about a story. Can you come back to me? Minister Michelle. Yes. Hello. Um, yes, what you got? What you got for this crazy story? Oh, is she even here? Is she here? All right. Oh, did I teach you while Minister Michelle gets her phone together? <laughs> what are you okay, my phone is back. Are you there? <laughs> Okay, all right. All right, hold on to that, Elsie, my Tisha. All right, what you got? <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying this story is, is crazy, too. I mean, I understand when you get into situations and you're female and, you, you know, you have a male brother or husband and you want them to come and help. But to call your 14-year-old son, he's a minor. Why are you involving him in that? If anything, she should have said, call the police. But to have him come in with a gun and and coaxing him to shoot the, and, and then following through, following the, that's just 
so I want to make sure my child is protected. You know, if anything, I'll get into it, but I'm not going to let my little 14-year-old son go down for something like this. No, no, no. It would have been, I would have had, it would have been much more sense to say, son, call the police. You got a situation. Dial 911 right away. But this woman, I, I don't know where her thinking and where she's got her mothering skills from because it's definitely not something <laughs> that I've seen before. You even put your child out there. You even sacrifice your child. And now he's going to have a record. He's going to go to jail, and uh, hopefully he will too. But who does that? That's, that's insanity. I'm sorry. It's just, no, it does not compute well at all. Crazy. Mm. Mm. I was in our teacher, Minister Michelle, said, I don't know where she got her mother in skills from. <laughs> <laughs> She, she was watching Bonnie and Clyde, but she had five, and she had to substitute with her child. And and, and here's the problem. And and as funny now, I think that this is the problem when there is no male in the house that would add structure, that would add discipline, that would be a sober mind, you know what I mean, hopefully, in a situation like this where you have a mother who's relying on her 14-year-old son to protect her honor. And so you influence mm-hmm. him and big him up mm-hmm. to be a man that he's not mm-hmm. ready to be. And so he, you have a mother teaching a boy how to try to be a man, but doing it in a way that is actually detrimental to who he is. Now, we're looking mm-hmm. at it by way of murder. But this takes place all the time with the negative influence of a mother trying to teach a boy how to be a man or a woman relying on her son because she doesn't yes. have a man. Right. And she becomes yes. the person that, she, that, that, that is supposed to be in her life or the man in her life. And so it, it is it's sad and it is a perversion of, you know, mm-hmm. of the way that God intends for things to be. And and I want to throw it out there like that because uh, it's important for our listeners to understand that this is not just another sad story of m- bad parenting, right? But that this right. is demonically right. influenced, and and we ought to see it as such and understand the reason why God implemented the family structure the way He did. It's stories like oh. this that help us to find that oh, we thought that you know. The, the, the laws that we live by were just laws to keep us. No, they're laws to protect us. Right. 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 Absolutely. Oh, Lady Tamika, you all right over there? Yes. Thank you so much for that pause. Um, <clears throat> my viewpoint with this is that I'm stemming as far back as not even parenting. I'm going as far back as red flags when we get in relationships with individuals and you you go so far you proceed, oh they look good, they you know, they, they smell good, you know, blah, 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 you know, and now you have a seed, you know. Um and so um we're talking about the mentality of this female, um, who um and now has a child who now takes her agenda and puts it on an innocent child, you know. And so this child not knowing or maybe not having the um, 
the help, the assistance in, in male figures, in the father figure, most likely, you know, or some other father figure, meaning not necessarily the child's father, but some, some outside force is not there. And so with that, whatever mama says goes, you know, I, I'm grateful that the child did have some sense when mom says, well, shoot that one too, because they're laughing at me, you know. Um, we've seen instances where it has gone horribly wrong, you know, and, you know, he did what he needed to do for that particular, and I'm not justifying, you know, he, he did what he thought he needed to do, you know, but then after someone laughing at, you know, he came to his senses, I'm not shooting that person too, you know, and how much more in your unstableness, you know, will you allow, you know, put that information, you know, on an innocent child, 14, that, that child, his life is completely changed. We don't know what the system is going to do. You know, they're gonna they're gonna make him pay. They're gonna make her pay. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't know who the representative. Yep. You know, who the father may be. You know, we don't know if there's a grandmother. We don't know who those those forces in life. But you know, at this point, you know, trying to teach or unteach, it's it's done already because you know now you know that the city or the state or is in it, life changes. It's never going to be the same again. Absolutely, absolutely. I got a question for you ladies. I got a question for you ladies. What's the punishment? If you were the judge on the bench, what would the punishment be for the son and what would the punishment be for the mom? And I want to start with you, um, uh, uh, Lady Tamika, since you were already speaking. Wow. Um, Gosh. Well, mama should really get it. I mean, get it, get it, because you, you know better. You know, um, you can't tell me that nothing in your mind. You, you should get some good years, you know. Um, I understand that this youth has done some of the run. I'm not saying that he should walk, but there has to be some type of mental training. Um, you need to have some influences in your life to understand, you know, the repercussions of your actions, you know, um, and that, you know, there's some – serious healing that needs to be done. Um, he has to serve time, but with that also some mental training, you know, somebody to to nurture him in that area of hurt. Obviously, there is some desperation there. We often talk about that, you know, desperation caused you to end somebody's life because mama said, you know, um, and that's, that's a difficult thing, you know, and <clears throat> people don't realize in some instances, you know, there is, this relationship with mother and son, that, in that instance, you know, that is it. You know, we've already seen it with the, with the uh, incident with, you know, someone dying over a bag of chips, you know. Um, and so those relationships, we have to, you know, fix it. You know, there's, so, there's a major level of healing so that, you know, the turnaround, you know, understanding what you did, why you did, you know, what the connection between mom and you is so strong that, you know, you would end somebody else's life. Now, all that is nice, but I have not heard an answer to my question. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that what you well, I, 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 think, I, I think we should literally throw the book at mom. Um, so that means she would serve, what, at least a minimum of 20 years, you know, and that's just a minimum, you know. And the child, um, I, I don't really – you're so young, but you still need to learn. You you, you got to start time. Um, Ten years? Okay. Bye-bye. 
20 for mom, a minimum of 20 for mom, and 10, at least, well, 10 maximum for the son. All right, Minister Michelle, what you got? You the judge on the bench. (laughs) I think the mother should get, I think it's manslaughter too, so that could hold maybe like 15 years to life maybe or 25 years. It's up in that realm, I believe. I believe for the son, I don't think he should be tried as an adult, but I do think that he needs to be have some time. But the reason why I say don't try him as an adult because I don't feel that he should go into one of these hardened prisons where you have the criminals in there that when he comes out, he'll be more of a criminal than when he went in. So I think that he should do some time, but maybe like five to six years, but in a facility that's going to deal with his mental, that's going to mentor him, that's going to make him, when he comes out, a citizen ready to adapt into society and and be fruitful for the rest of his life. Because if not, we send him in the wrong place, he will come out a hardened criminal with skills to do more than what he did with this incident with his mother. Okay, so we got 15, minimum, um, minimum 15 for mom. And what did you say for the son? What's the number? Like five years, but in a facility that's okay. going to help him, but not destroy him. Okay, all righty. Elton Atisha, what, what numbers you call it? I'm saying, yeah, we, we give mom, did anybody die? No. The, yes. Wait, 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 wait. The man died. I didn't hear. I didn't. I believe. I believe the first person who he who she encouraged to kill because he she said he ran off, but she she mm. followed him and told the son to right. finish the job, and that's when she told gotcha. him to now focus on the, the the thing. So I think the first person did die. I think. Got it. Too. Okay, so she gets life. So, yeah, we're giving mom life, and we're sending the son to military school. We're going to correct the problem because he was influenced and he was taught incorrectly by a deranged psychopath mother. She gets life because she's a psychopath, and then her son, we're sending him to military school. We're going to send him with some men that's going to implement some some integrity, some dignity, and some discipline in his life. We're going to correct that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going straight for the sentences. I ain't commenting because y'all just said all that can be said already. Um, straight life for mom. They, they, I ain't blinking. I'm not coughing. I'm not swallowing. Mom gets straight life. It's not for the death, just for the, the influence alone. Because you took mm-hmm. and manipulated whatever you felt in your heart, you pass that on to an mm-hmm. innocent child. Yes. Because see, mm-hmm. here's my thought. What else you been doing with him? We only mm. saw this. But what else have you done with him? If for not even that mm. murder, for just your influence in his life so negatively, you because see now mm-hmm. we don't know. See, we could send him to military school. We could send him to the psychiatric center. We could send him anywhere else. But we ultimately don't know that PTSD that's going to remain here. 
because he's actually taken a life. So because his life could be that destroyed, if 10% of his life is, is, is rendered with PTSD, you didn't done enough. You go to jail just for that, for life. Now, I'm going with the judge that says you're going to do two life sentences, like you could come back from the dead and then serve the second life. I'm going there. You are now going to do two life sentences for the one that you that the, your influence negatively and for the one you now had him take. Now you got two life sentences. We know you're not going to outlive this sentence. For the son, if y'all have not started a military school, if you have not started any uh, a process of, of a male or a men's type of, um, I, I would love to see a design for a correction program that he would be serving some type of time, but also from a like a, 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 a military type style of of ongoing. Somehow or another, we're gonna mix this thing up here, where you're gonna get a little bit of a little bit of the the, the punishment, but a lot of the correction and now kind of revamping all that mama has done that we have not seen. We don't know and move you forward because no, I agree with you 100%, Minister Michelle, we don't need to put him into, you know, uh, sentence him as an adult because we, he's not an adult and we see where this is coming from. So we need to put him in an atmosphere also where proper mm-hmm. mothering is going to be displayed as well. So mm. there, there needs to be a threefold thing for me, threefold thing. The the serving of some time for what you did. Number two, some some uh, uh, like uh, El teach says, some positive men program that's going to help to move you and teach you how to be a man. And three, some type of loving mother. Uh, 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 care. I, I don't know how we're going to get this done, but we're going to get this done because th- this is a really, this is, this is, this is, this is a serious situation here. Mom just needs to fly. I, and I ain't saying death sentence. I mean, put her in the worst situation up in the jail that she could possibly endure. If she was 25, did better do it. I don't care. That, that's just way too much. That's way too much. Mm-hmm. It's way too much to put on a child, especially, you know, it's, it's, no, come on, stop, stop, stop. Whether you wanted your man to take this and you wish you had a man who could do this, now nah, I don't care what it was. The, the, two licenses is you going to sit up in there and you going to cry. Ladies, it's <laughs> been a pleasure. As always, I've had a good as time. Always. Uh, chatting it up, as they say with you. I love the fact that, you know, this, this new time crew, has a way of discussing with everyday issues, not just standing at the pulpit, but we can give some, um, some, some views and input into some situations from a godly standpoint. And I give God thanks for all of you. Thank you for your uh, contribution into today's conversations, and we pray you all have a blessed day. Welcome back, Minister Michelle. We pray that you can continue you. to be on with us. And um, ladies, yes. have a wonderful one. You too. Thank you. Have you too. Love you. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Another person who's been MIA, and we're happy to have her back with us today. 
Pastor Charlie, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. How have you been? And I'm glad to be back as well. Thank you, God. Thank God for having you back, praying that you can continue to move forward in your healing. Thanking God for healing you enough to have you back on with us. Now, uh, Elder Nightisha said something during this last story about, you know, um, it's bigger than a sad story. And, you know, we're looking at, you know, some, 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 some shoes that mom needs to be filled. What's the faith over fear if we look at this thing from that perspective? As, as everyone was, oh, thank you for everybody's prayers. Um, but as they was, the ladies was talking, it took me to uh, maybe mom did what she thought was right. Not past giving her a pass, meaning a lot of times the things that we have been around, the things that we have seen, right, we, we portray them into our children. And meaning that she don't know how to be a mother. She doesn't know what, a, what it takes to be a loving mother. And as, as the ladies were saying, as using the son as her man, using the son as her protection, using her son with that she manipulated him in his mind, right? So I was thinking of that as well as going into, uh, oh, I want to say mine. Yes, I think she should go to jail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I do think that the son should, back in the day when they did scared straight, I thought of that and where that in the prisons, where that the men who have done the same crime put fear into those. So where those that come behind him, his friends as well, that they'll be able to be scared straight as well. Now I'm back to the mom because I wanted to say that because children do behavior of what they are taught, right? We don't come out just shooting a gun and we don't come out doing that. So as the mother of her being able to get to the place down with people of the reasons of why they do things, right? It's usually from something that triggered them in their life. And so with the mom that she needs to know how to be a mom, where did she come from? Who is she around? Because it's the environment as well. And I'm not giving her a pass. So please don't think that. I'm just using as what it could be as well in the connection of with that because somebody would have told her that she was wrong of how she was doing her son. This is not the only thing. You know, I always go with, there's always something else going on with those people, right? So that being said, with the mom, how can we take, how can we straighten out the ones that's coming behind her? How can we straighten out those that are in prison for what they have to do manipulating so now you need to find a way of some kind of, uh, uh, what do you call those that they have um, in there? Um, you know, like a class. It's called something else, though. But like a class, right, where that you get to the bottom of it and where that you're able to open it up and being able to target exactly of what is the mother. And because you'd be surprised of how many people don't know how to take care of a baby. 
more or less to get into the 14 and shooting somebody. And it starts from there. So dealing with the mom, we need to be able for her to first need Jesus and for someone to be able to sit and being able to monitor her, which being able to talk to her, which and being able to encourage her, which and be able to let her know where her mistakes have been, which is able for her to be able to say that, please forgive me for what I have done because I didn't know no better. That's what we want to get to, right? For them to be able to pour out into someone else. Because the same mom from when she's sitting there and going through all of this, she's able to help that other mother who has manipulated her son. And this is all still in the prison. Where that it will pour out before we get to the prison. And that's where we have to come in as a body of Christ and being able to see. Because sometimes we can see it in our in people that's in our area. And we don't take the time out to be able to sit and talk. To be able to sit with them and being able to see, like when somebody say, you know, I was getting ready to commit suicide, but you stopped me because I heard something from you. And it's the same thing because remember back in the day, they used to have things weird that the kids get together. PAL, you know, they had weird that mothers was able to, young mothers was able to go and learn how to be a mother. We don't have that anymore. And I think that that's where it needs to start before we get to the prison. I think that we need to get back to it takes the village to be able to help one another. I think we need to get back to you see that person over there and being able to, you know what, you don't have no pampers? Okay. Instead of talking about the people, let's be able to help the people in the areas, into community. If we take all of these ministries that surround us, and we come together and being able just to help the the four blocks around you, what a powerful thing that we can have. Where we're able to get to the people before they go mentally. So it's a lot that can come with it. But who wants to do the work? And that's the problem. So we have to get to that. So where that we're not fearful of these people. You know, that where we want to stay in the house and people don't want to come out. And I'm still talking about people who walk with God. And being able to have that faith and being able to trust and believe that God can change. Because prayer does change things, right? So therefore, since we know that if we come together on one accord, things can be moved. I know of some people that have come together in their community and pray for, the, for these young men to get off their corners and selling these drugs. And it has happened. Because the power of God can come down and move things. And because we don't take time and everybody is on their own and everybody don't want to handle nothing, and that's where all of this is coming. That's why the enemy is coming so strong. Because of the fact that as a body of Christ, we're not coming together like we should. And that's a, a problem. And I see it all the time when they come in there on Fridays. When we have our... Um, feeding and clothing and stuff because nobody sits down and nobody talks to them because you have to be able to talk to the people to know the needs of the people to know what they can do and how can we help you help you so that's one of the ways that we can do oh is that the faith over fear 
Yeah. That's why I'm saying why oh, it should okay. be stabbed in the face. Okay. <laughs> I brought okay. God oh. in. I, I talked they about the fear of... Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not questioning. You normally say, and that's my face over fist. I didn't know whether you were done oh. or not. But thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Charlotte, for your faith over fear segment today. And again, we are so grateful to God to have you back after your hiatus of not feeling well. And we are continuing to pray for your healing. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. You all do the same, and thank you so much. That's my faith over fear. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's what I was waiting I'm sorry. Thank you. It's okay. It's okay. Have a blessed day. Do the same. Thank you. All righty. Let's get that benediction. <clears throat> Peace be to the brothers and love with faith. From God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me. With love incorruptible. And that's Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. As Pastor Charlene was uh, speaking, you know, I was thinking, um, I don't change my mind that way, but, but. As, as Pastor Charlotte was thinking, you know, yes, we all consider how, you know, how we get here. You know, my, that's that's my little tagline. You know, how you get here? You know, um, that, that, that's always a consideration, and which is why I believe the ladies were especially lenient on the 14-year-old because, you know, it, it's clear, unfortunately, that he just simply didn't stand a chance. Um, you know, and we do stories here all day long, um, and I say that because that's our two hours, um, all day long. We do stories here all the time about, you know, our young people and how, um, you know, they're just in a, a place right now where it, it seems to be a war on our children. And one of the things that has, that has really become evident which is a lot different than years ago. And we talk about that all the time. You know, like Minister Michelle said today, you know, she grew up in an everywhere. When the streetlights came on, you better be in the house. Um, there has been a serious breakdown of um, parenting. We've, I've never known um, any news to come out the way it's out now of our grandparents, um, you know, hurting our children. Normally, when something happens, you know, you can always go to grandma. You can always go to grandpa. Um, But yet, a couple of weeks ago, we did a story of a woman who son said she was fine. And, you know, kids always went there to spend the night. And all of a sudden, you know, in the Bronx, mom just lost it and, you know, stabbed a little baby seven, you know, little girl seven times or 15, 15 times. She was seven years old. 15 times. So we, we see a consistent breakdown. Um, and it's just a, a, such a war on our children where you can't even get out your house. You know, I, I, I say now that, you know, we're so busy worried about the pedophile. We're looking up, you know, where the pedophiles live and, and parameters to our house and, you know, where the are the coaches safe, are the teachers safe. But they can't even make it out of their home. 
There's no safety, even from their palace. That's how that that that's how how the enemy is attacking now. Where we can't even rely on the parents to take care of the children. Now we know that every parent was not brought up the same. Every parent didn't have the same things given to us. You know, we even have some of the Do Time crew members say they weren't raised in church like some of us were. They didn't know God. They didn't meet God. They weren't introduced to God until they were adults. And, you know, so that that is something to consider. However, our children are under attack, and this is why we need to continue to lift them before the Lord because they don't stand a chance. That also, again, sends a message out to us as people of God to step in more. You know, we see that these parents don't care anything about these kids. And I've said to you before, I have children in my church. None of the parents are there. Now, their parents may have been in church at one point, but they're not there now. So what is your excuse? You've been introduced to Christ. You've changed. uh, You've had an opportunity to change, and you've rejected the change. And now grandma is bringing the children to church, aunties. Um, are there with the children. That, that's who it's left to. So we as people of God, whether it's our grandchildren, whether it's our nieces and nephews, whether it's a neighbor's child, whether it's a, our children's classmate or our grandchildren's classmate, that we have to step up. Because regardless of, of where, where the, the point Pastor Charlotte was making of, you know, where does the parent come from? What's the parent's you know, uh, 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 makeup and, and what they have been offered. And regardless of that, we now have, now that really shows that we have a job to do. If, if we have to really look at this situation and, and understand that this child is, could potentially be destroyed, you know, because I'm going to be honest, it was, it, it, having him away from her, is a step up, is a step up. And I'll tell you why. Because we've seen people who rehabilitated in, in prison because if another person, an older person, sees something in that person or God has had them witness or minister to that individual in the prison and now, even adults, you know, and now they turn their life around. Being locked up is, is probably much better for him because, see, now a judge on that bench may hear that story and say, hey, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do for you. Because I know you didn't stand a chance, because you're standing before me as a 14-year-old. Here's what I'm going to do for you. How many times has that happened from the bench, which is why I press the ladies for a number? Because, see, I need to be able to show this world that we think differently. Now, yes, I said two life sentences, and I mentioned I ain't taking it back. And I'm saying it as past steps. Because there needs to be, this, this was just too much. This was just too much. Because I'm going to tell you something. We all have the capacity, all have our DNA is from God, is of God and Jesus. We all have the capacity and here's the problem. Most times parents, 
he, they, I want to do this because that's not what I, I didn't get a chance for that. You know, I'm going to give my children this because I didn't get a chance for that. Somewhere, somehow, there was some level of capacity for you to pass that kid on. Something. Something that says you could have passed that child to someone else. Give that child over to somewhere else that could have been much better. So we have, as, as people of God, let's step up. We see the breakdown. God has not had us in, 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 in discussing the news for us to act as though it's all about us. Not, there's nothing that matters in this world but our family, our church family, and that's where it goes. Because we're too afraid to approach people. Because we're too afraid of, of the rejection. We've got to step up. We've got to stand out. We've got to do something more than what we do. Today's story should make us stand up even more so. We have no excuse for not standing up and living for God. Now, that goes back to what I was talking about in my opening. Are we going to sit in the seat of do nothing? I said to you, I remember my grandma before we today. Are we going to sit in the seat or we just sit in the seat of do nothing? Are we going to continue to sit in the seat of do nothing? Are we going to sit and pretend like we don't see how bad things are out here? And we're just going to go to church or not? Because some people say they, they profess Jesus. They, they don't find themselves in nobody's church. But are we going to profess the name of God? Are we going to, to profess the fact that I'm a child of God and we not do anything? There is a child who you know right now who needs you. What are you going to do for that particular child? Because when you save that child, you save how many others? The domino effect is well past our understanding even, I mean, it's well past what we could even imagine. So let's do what God needs us to do. Let's step up, let's stand out, and let us make the change we have been designed to make. You've been listening to It's Do Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind or think that all above not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, the ladies, for always coming through big time. Thank you, God, right now for our Minister Michelle and our Pastor Charlotte for being back with us today, giving God thanks for their healing. Thanking God for you. Thanking you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow when it is Therapeutic Thursday. God spare our life. Until then, I love you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.